Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Nick's Mail.Bag, presented by the Strickland and by all of you on Patreon and by DraftKings, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. But I first should introduce us all. I am Alex Wolf. I am editor and chief of the Strickland, which you, of course, probably know about. If you're listening to this podcast, I feel like this is a very niche podcast just for the most devoted of Strickland fans. Uh, <laughs> and I also host the Locked on Knicks podcast, which you should check out if you haven't already. Uh, I'm joined by my two co-hosts. We got Wackery Zachary Delizio. Wow. Is ZJ that Delizio in where I got first? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I didn't think oh, about Matt, it this time. I just acted. Oh, I just acted. Oh. Zach, how are you? What? <laughs> I, said, I was asking Matt how he felt about this. I was pushing his buttons a little bit. Oh, I asked you how you're doing, and you didn't answer. And then there was just no. Silence. I'm I'm great, Alex. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm getting by, chugging along. You know, right through That's the summer. Scary. Yeah, uh, and I'm joined by my other co-host, who you might know might know as Matt Weiss or Matt Weiss in his everyday life or Warm Perm on Twitter. Matt, how are you today? Um, I'm not annoyed by Zach. He thinks it's, he's annoying me, but I don't care. I'm good, Alex. Zach thinks he's living rent-free in your head. Yeah, what a shock. Um, we do actually have something to tell you before we get started. Are <laughs> oh, you doing this now? Okay. Yeah, let's do it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're married. So we're married. Uh, no, I. so just for the listeners, before I tell Alex what I'm about to tell him, he has actually not heard this yet. Alex, you remember when I texted you the other day, asked you, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had no idea what, what it was for. Yeah. yeah, so I texted Alex, just for background for the listeners, I texted Alex, out of the blue, with no context, fuck, Mary kill, pancakes, bagels, French toast. And told him I would tell him next time we recorded why I asked him. I asked you because Zach and I were on a double date. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow, how did that go? Uh, well, it wasn't better for Zach than for me. Um, I think in the end we, we got out with our 
with our heads still on our shoulders. It went pretty yeah. well, but it was uh, it was not well thought through. We, we, we it, was, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All we right. should have. We we were. I mean, they were they were very very nice. Zach went on a second date last night with uh, yeah. one of them. Yep. How'd that go, Zach? It was good. It was good. good. I'm glad. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were joking about it because I was like, you know, this is a terrible idea. And if anyone is, you know, of the people listening to this, I just want to say that you should never, ever go on a double date where neither party knows each other, right? Like, obviously, me and Matt knew each other, and they knew each other, but it was a first date for everyone in that sense. It was, like, kind of awkward after the fact, as many people might figure, but we certainly did not. Yeah. I actually thought Zach and I had a whole plan for how to handle it, but the women beat us there which we were not anticipating and it really ruined our whole plan. Uh, so, so yeah. wait, was I the tiebreaker of the FMK? Is that what this was? No, we just, they asked us how we knew each other and we told them. And then, so what happened was um, the reason we went on this double date, I matched on hinge with both of these women. <laughs> I, I did not know that they were best friends. I asked them both out. First one, said yes, you know, whatever. We're in the middle of making plans. I asked the second one out because, you know, I, talking to other people, I don't, like, ask one person out at a time. And she said, oh, well, you actually just asked out my best friend. And I was like, what? <laughs> no way. <laughs> so she goes, "What well, if you have a, fr- a single friend, we should go on a double date. And I was, like, thinking to myself, what do I do here? how do I choose between them? And then it hit me. I could just ask Zach. (laughs) And then Zach swooped in and stole this whole plan from you. And he got Zach. I texted Zach and, and he was down. So we went on a double date with these two women and they were both very nice. Um, I just, the way it worked out, what he's getting at is, um, they sat down next to each other. Zach and I were planning on sitting diagonally from each other so that we would be able to easily talk to both women because we don't really need to talk to each other. They sat down next to each other. So we had sat down next to each other and we ended up mostly talking to the people across from us. And so, you know, the person I was across from was, was a nice, nice person, but I just didn't really feel like it was someone I was interested in a second date with. And Zach and, and the person that he was sitting across from got along really well and obviously had a good second date last night. So I'm very happy that it worked out for him. Uh, but we agreed afterwards, we will never do this again. Yeah, <laughs> not, it was a good life experience. Yeah. Not not for, not for because it went poorly. It was a fun, like, it actually, I think we had a good time overall. But um, it just was not conducive for, I'm honestly shocked that that, Presumably, Zach, like it sounds to me, Zach, like you're going to go on a third date with this person. And I'm pretty surprised because it just seems like I don't know how that could have worked out for either of us. I addressed it right away. That was the key. Yeah. Just go right in. Yeah. So the reason, Alex, that I asked you that is because I used the same opening line on both of them, which was fuck, Mary kill, pancakes, bagels, French toast. And they answered the same way. And then I said, why don't I find out? what Alex thinks because they now knew about you at this point. No, we even, no. he said you're a serial killer. Is okay, I wasn't going to tell him that part. 
Wow, what then, the fuck? Yeah, no, exactly. he's, trying to, he's trying to be political here. I was waiting. Now I have to rat you out. I'm sorry, Matt. I yeah, what the waiting. fuck, dude? You're being ratted out. He said, our co-host is a serial killer, and he probably chooses to murder bagels, so he wanted to verify. Yeah. Wow. Which he didn't, so credit to you. Yeah, good yeah, job. Because I'm not a monster. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this uh, is why I, I get announced first, Matt. For what it's yeah. worth, I chose to marry bagels because that's the only solution because it can be both answer. sweet and savory. Yeah. Uh, you fucking idiot. Yeah, you really uh, gave me a lot of info. I was very impressed with your breakdowns. Yeah, um, waffles. And then waffles are better in pe- than pancakes. Yeah, but waffles oh. weren't on the list. Stop doing that. Waffles weren't on the list. Yeah, thank oh. you. Oh, French thank toast. You. Sorry. Why would French waffles toast. not be on what, Whatever. Right? French toast is also better. Because you can only fuck Mary Kill three things. There's only room for three. So I put yeah. waffles in to make it. So um, French toast and waffles are both better than pancakes. The so reason the reason I called you a serial killer, since Zach is going to not give you that context and just make it seem like I called you a serial killer for no uh-huh, reason, uh-huh, uh-huh. is that Zach's future girlfriend and I, in our conversation, talked about how if anyone chose to kill bagels, they must be a serial killer. And I said, oh, well, Alex is probably a serial killer. I bet he'd kill bagels. Just as a joke. And then you did. So I said, oh, look, he's not a serial killer. Huh. Okay. Well, interesting. I think uh, I think Zach has earned the right to be introduced first for the rest of eternity. I don't really care exactly about your context. This is unbelievable. Like a lot of backpedaling, man. This is a I lot get of backpedaling. Zach, I get Zach a date. Yep. He gets a second date out of it. I get nothing, and now I also get pushed to the third spot. Yep. Oh, I played this beautifully. Yeah, Zach. <laughs> Zach just had a real, real uh, coup d'état here. I'm gonna. Ooh. Zach's gonna like show up on my on my date tonight that I'm going on after we record, and he's gonna like just take this person too. I'm gonna show up, pretend I have no idea who you are. Uh, okay. When you go to the bathroom, I'm gonna start hitting on your date. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry, man. I thought she was just single. Oh, here's my number. Text me later. See ya. Anyway, my, my biggest annoyance here is that I wasn't invited as the fifth wheel. I we actually said we should have invited you after. Yeah. after. Yeah. I make a great fifth wheel. Um, yeah. What, what that date, what that date, which was already very weird, needed was a fifth wheel. Yes, absolutely. Confuse them further. Bring your married friend with you and let them see what happens there. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Um. Anyway, I should give the Patreon pitch real quick. I hope everybody enjoyed that anecdote or had the wherewithal to skip it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Patreon. Uh, I'll keep this as brief as humanly possible. If you love us, support us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash the Strickland. You can get all kinds of great benefits. It's been a little topsy turvy during the off season because we're all trying to like take care of ourselves and our mental health and not uh, podcast quite as much or whatever. Because uh, it's a lot during the season, but typically you're looking at you get uh, every other week you get another edition of Nix Mail Bag hosted by Scooter Toots himself, Doug slash Drew Steele. You also uh, get access to the Patreon or the Strickland ex- Patreon exclusive Discord, uh, which is a perk that comes with the six dollar tier. For nine dollars, you get another pod from Schwinn called Strick and Roll that you can uh, tune into if you can't get enough of Schwinn. I don't know who can't get enough of Schwinn. Oh, and you get the Friday edition of Pod Strickland, sorry, with the $6 tier. So lots of extra Schwinn in your life if you upgrade to $9. You also get uh, extra written pieces in that $9 tier, which Jack Huntley's had to take a little time off thanks to starting a new job. But you get pieces from Matthew Miranda and Jeff Rasmussen, 
who has started doing some Patreon pieces. And we actually have one coming out this week, maybe today when you're listening to this podcast. Then we have a bunch of other tiers as well. You're welcome to check them out at patreon.com slash the Strickland. I won't get into them because it's about time we get into questions here because we're trying to keep this to maybe like an hour and a half or so. Uh, so we'll get into our first question here. This comes from the Discord that I just mentioned. Uh, Jax365 needs Randall gone is his current handle on Discord right now. When do you think the Donovan Mitchell trade happens? Uh, of course, we just got the news, but not news yesterday from Shams and uh, Tony Jones, who's the Jazz beat reporter. Like, hey, guys, in case anybody was wondering, the Knicks are talking to the Jazz again. Like, cool. Thanks for the update. Did anything new happen? Nope, not really. Both sides are still pretty far apart, but they're talking. So I don't know. I, I don't know quite what to make out of that. Uh, Matt, despite the fact that you called me a serial killer, what do you think about this? If you were going to, we can keep this somewhat brief, but if you were going to put a date on it, when do you think the Mitchell trade happens? Well, here's a 15 page treatise I wrote on when I think the Mitchell trade will happen. I'm going to read it very slowly. And never mind. You're, you're skipped. All right. Muting you moving to Zach. Zach, what do you think? Wow. I think he was doing a bit. (laughs) I know he was, but I wanted to, I wanted to roll with it. Can I answer now? Yeah, give me the answer. Um, I think it'll either happen right before training camp or at the trade deadline. Okay. Uh, you think it could potentially go to the deadline? Yeah, because I think Ainge is stubborn. So I think, I think, and I think Leon's going to like put his foot down if they don't do it before training camp. So he'll just be like, you know what? Whatever. This is my offer. Do better if you can. They're not going to wait until next summer to trade them. I don't care what they, have, what they say. So he'll be like, do better if you can. If not, come back to me in February. And I think that's that's what he'll do if it doesn't happen next month. Hmm. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. The old, I agree with everything except I do think that it's not going to make it into the regular season. I think honestly, during training camp, I would not be surprised if this happened because you know, at a certain point, I like Matt was saying, like I don't think Ainge wants to go into the season with Donovan Mitchell, and at, at a certain point, his back is going to be against the wall. And it's very clear that he's not actually getting better offers as much as he wants to pretend that he is. Um, so I'm going to guess, you know, it, given those constraints, if you're the quote-unquote master negotiator, right, you say, oh, well, we're starting training camp. It's too late. We're done. And then Leon doesn't up the offer because he's Leon Rose and he's an OG. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Now I got to get rid of Don Mitchell. And then he does it. So a week after training camp. That's my official prediction. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't even know if it's training camp, to be completely honest. Um, I, I don't think there's any chance it makes it to the deadline. I think the very latest it would go is maybe like two weeks into the regular season. Um, because Ainge, Ainge might be stubborn, but I don't think he's stupid. Like his whole idea here is to tank. And if you keep around a you know, 27 – or let's be honest. Like if he's going to be like the alpha and omega on a young team, like – Mitchell's just going to shoot enough to get his his per game average over 30. <laughs> like, yeah. screw it. You know, he's going to do whatever. He's just going to be like, he's going to be the guy that put in his two weeks notice and doesn't care anymore. Yep. Um, and so, like, it, there's going to be this weird balance of he doesn't care, but also he's not going to mail it in enough to, like, lose you games. And so they're going to win too many games. Their culture is going to take a hit right from minute one of, like, a new regime, a new coach, a new youth movement, a new you know team that wants to rebuild, they're not going to do that. They're not going to wait until into the season. Like I would be really surprised if Ainge even doesn't do it before training camp starts because 
I just think that as a former player, he understands the dynamic of like, if I bring this guy back and he doesn't want to be here, like this is going to set a really bad example and make life really hard on a first year head coach that's trying to take over and take over a rebuild here and, and, you know, see us through this first year of a rebuild. So I'm not, I, I don't think they would wait until maybe it hits training camp, but it would take like a week of Mitchell, like first off owning all of the, like the young players that they've just picked up and like doing it mercilessly in camp and like destroying their morale. But then also like probably not setting a good example on defense and clearly acting like he doesn't want to be there and everything else. And I just don't think it would be a good combo. So I I don't think it even hits the season, Uh, like the regular season, I should say. Maybe it gets a week or two into camp, but I I don't think get much further than that. Um, Either you guys have any pushback on that before we move to the next question? Matt? No. As he unmutes. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving to our next question. This one comes to us from Twitter. Uh, Nick's will rise at Nick's will rise. I love this question, by the way. This is like a tragic but awesome question. If I told you the Knicks were guaranteed a top two pick for the 2023 draft, so either Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson, but it meant RJ and IQ missing most of the season due to non-career threatening injuries, would you accept it? Zach, what do you think? <laughs> Yes, fucking yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of lean that way too. I I actually maybe this I like this question because I'm like, damn, if that could happen, how cool would that be? Exactly, bro. That would be like <laughs> the best thing to happen to us in 20 years. Like, yeah. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Do, can you see any downside in this? Uh, I mean, I don't. If we know for sure that it'll be totally fine coming back and. In October 2023, then no, there's no downside. Who would not want that? I mean, obviously, like I would want the Knicks to to be good next year, but like if we're assuming that they don't have Mitchell under this scenario because they wouldn't be in in spot for a top two pick in the 2023 draft, if they did, then no. Why would who would not take this? Yeah, they also probably wouldn't have their 2023 pick if they had. That's what I'm saying. That's sorry. That's what I I meant. I didn't really say it right. It it would be both like if you had him and you somehow managed to hold on to your pick, he would still keep you too good. Right. Yeah. You have to. And I actually don't even know. I feel like, I mean, I I think you'd have to hurt Brunson also. <laughs> yeah, you know, just come in real quick with a bat and take out yeah. that ankle. I, mean, like, I, I don't think a Brunson, Randall, OB core would be like a good team, but they wouldn't have great lottery odds. Yeah, it would probably be the same no man's land that the Knicks always. Yeah, they'd be they'd win like 35, 36 games and like be like the eleventh pick. And I was gonna say like the seventh, maybe that would probably be like their their ceiling as far as odds go. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, I if if I could do pretty much anything to guarantee a top two pick in this upcoming draft, I would do it. Like Scoot Henderson and and Weminyama are both this would mean we'd have to watch like let's let's say Brunson's also injured we'd have to watch Randall run the team while Obi plays 10 minutes game cuz you know Tibbs is crazy and it would be a miserable season i mean i think in this scenario if they if they went that far into unintentional tanking they would just trade Randall for even if it was pennies on the dollar they'd just be like let's just get rid of this guy yeah you're probably right and and just be like, because we want to fully tank at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, we also like, we watched Andrea Bargnani 
So, like, I think we can handle Yeah, but he wasn't the, the focal point of the offense. No, but he was here. <laughs> he existed. Yeah. I would, like, if Randall's gone and those – okay, let's say RJ and IQ get injured, Randall's gone. A Brunson-Obi team, if those were the only two good players, would not be good. Be but yeah. that would be so fun to watch. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That I would love. Yeah, that's better than like, oh, is Jeremy Tyler an NBA player? I yeah. think so. Yeah, um, like okay, we're gonna win thirty games with that team, but like yeah. it would be very, it would be a very fun thirty wins. Maurice Endor might be an NBA rotation oh, player. Oh my I don't know. god, remember that? Remember we were like, yo, Maurice Endor, Alexi Shved triple double machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so pathetic. Oh my god, that was a terrible era. All right, well, yeah. So I think we're in pretty much agreement if. I'm trying to think of what the injury would even be that would keep them out for like a hamstring injury or something. Well, okay, that's like, what I was like super they break their arms, but that heals too fast. I mean, it'd be yeah. an ACL because they're nothing at this point. I disagree. I still would not want. I would not want an ACL. ACL. That's too scary. Who has had an ACL tear and been ruined by it? I mean, it's not like a ruiner anymore, but it does. I still think lop some years off the end of your career sometimes. I mean. Maybe, but that's you know like, there's no way to know that. You I have it. I have it. I've never seen a basketball player get this injury, which is why it's named after a baseball player. But if they both needed I mean, Tommy John surgery, <laughs> <laughs> they would be totally fine because you know you don't need your UCL to play basketball. I also don't know how they tear it. They, they, well, they're they, playing dodgeball on an off day, and they're just going <laughs> way too hard, and they both tear their celebrity softball game. They both need Tommy John surgery after they decide to. Yeah, they decide to like go do like a, a crossover thing and go to a Mets game, and they train with Jacob yeah. Degrom, and he teaches them how to throw way too hard and throw out their UCL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey guys, you got you guys aren't built like string beans. You could totally handle this. Do it. <laughs> and boom, torn you. Well, first what you do is eat only Taco Bell all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We can move to our next question. This comes to us from the Discord as well from Zan Rosen. Which three games would you most want to attend at first glance of the schedule? Oh, that that brings me to the point that I haven't even really looked at the schedule yet. So I'm going to literally no answer this I question. Either. I can't even process this. Sorry, everybody Google it. It's going to take too long to look at this. Um, Whoever can do it say, first wins. I mean, we know who they're going to play, though, right? Like, yeah. We know, I mean, yeah. I guess we don't have to like pick the actual. Okay, so, I mean, the game where the Jazz come to New York will be amusing, assuming Mitchell's on the team, just because, yeah. like, it's going to be – everyone's going to be, like, making fun of the Jazz in MSG, so that'll be fun. Um, All right, so that would be uh, February 11th. Yeah, I saw oh, it. would be right after the trade deadline, too. Yeah, so. I don't remember who. Somebody pointed out on Twitter today that, like, it's it's probably not coincidental that the NBA put that game right after the yeah. trade deadline because that could be Mitchell's first game with the Knicks. Yeah, potentially. Um, I also would go to one of the Nets games just to laugh at them. Okay. Good call. good call. That's a good one. Uh, third. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Sunday matinees. I'm looking at those, yeah. trying to see if I can find the best one. I think Philly on December. Oh, that's that's uh, December 25th. Oh, what game is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would kind of. I have always wanted to go to a Christmas Day game, so that would be pretty fun. Um, especially yeah. if they have Mitchell already, and then with Brunson and everything else, like that would be pretty cool. I think. And it's the noon game, so you could go and then like 
be home go, for Christmas go home dinner. and still have like Christmas dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. my family does celebrate. So um I'm trying to think what else. Uh I think I mean, I actually wouldn't mind going to Brooklyn also. I did that last year and it was kind of hilarious because it's like mostly Knicks fans, and that's gonna be way more the case this year. It would just be a way more fun opportunity to laugh at them. Granted, though, their stadium is a corporate box seat selling fraud of a stadium so it, it's just like yankee stadium so hmm. um i don't know how much i would enjoy actually going there but it would be fun for the experience so that it's game is too. yeah well, it is yeah, uh, you'd be surprised it's yeah, about well, garden prices specifically but yeah, yeah. but like saturday game 5 30 january 28th i think that would be pretty cool i'd be down for that um I'm trying to think what other games. I mean, I love a good Bulls game. So December twenty third, maybe if I can't afford to go to Christmas. Yeah, I feel like the Bulls are Christmas. always entertaining at minimum. Yeah, yeah, like that's definitely a fun game, and I think the Knicks could realistically be better than the Bulls again this year. Yeah, and they don't play defense, so it's gonna be like you know fun. Yeah, yeah, it's like it'll be a fun up and down game. Hopefully, um, I'm actually thinking too, maybe like later in the season. Like a March third Friday uh, versus Miami at home, that could be pretty cool because the Knicks might have oh. a new coach by then. Mm. Oh no! But Miami has been such a bad news. Like you know, they they just fuck us up. I feel like for that, ages, it's always yeah. been like that. That's true, but probably one of my favorite Knicks games in a while that I've been to was a Miami game that they won. It was RJ's rookie season. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> Holy shit! Woo! That's not that long ago. I mean, yeah, it is. Or wait, was that his second year? Now I'm trying to remember. Actually, that I'm sorry, that might have been his sophomore season. When did, when was he doing the headband? The one where he like outplayed Jimmy Butler. And we yeah, losing. but not the one where he scored like 46 points. That was last year. Right. Um, the one where he uh, the one where he he did outplay Jimmy Butler, but they was, both played well. It was a yeah, really good well, game. Oh, did they win? Uh, whatever. The Knicks, the Knicks won, and RJ had like 28 points or something. Hmm. I think that was his sophomore year, actually, now that I think about it. Because um, they were – yeah, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I think it was his sophomore year, but either way. Matter. Yeah. It's irrelevant. But it I take is point. irrelevant. Either way, I had a good experience at a Knicks-Miami yeah. game. So, the only uh, Zach, do, do you have any other games? that? Yeah, Stan just has? one. And this is Max Pettiness, Washington, just to boot Chris to have some more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be like great. People are, people are starting to let it go, and I am not willing to do that. I'm not either. Point. I would yeah. still boo the hell out of him. Yeah, I feel like we should do that, right? Like, honestly, like get as many people as we can. Because like, no one's going to go to a fucking Knicks-Wizards game. No one cares about that. So if yeah. there's one game to go to and boo someone the whole time, you know, it's that one. And also, like, screw forgiving him. Let's not forget that, like, he wasn't, like, innocent in his way of getting out of the Knicks. He was straight yeah, up like... what I mean. Fuck him, dude. Yeah. Let's like, also not forget that he's racist. Yes. yes. There's that, too. He also likes alt-right Twitter accounts and shit. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, yeah, fuck him. All right. Uh, next question comes from... Uh, this is another which... However many teams would you whatever, uh, orange and blue in our Strickland Discord. Which five teams would be your league pass teams this season? Let's assume no Knicks. So oh, well, wow. you can't do Knicks local in market anyway. So sure. if you were going to get league pass, what five teams would you pick? Uh, oof. I don't know. I I feel like there is a there is a gap where like after free agency and the draft and all that, I kind of forget until I see the teams. 
So I'm having a hard time picturing exactly which ones I'm interested in. Um, New Orleans. Just I was going to say New Orleans because Zion's back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's literally it. Just Zion. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans. Uh, the Warriors, I think. Warriors are an obvious choice. Always. Warriors are always, always a team. Yeah. Uh, I think the, it had um, Bridges not been a freaking wife-beating piece of garbage, I would have said the Hornets. Oh. Yeah. Um, but now he's not going to be on the team, and I think they're actually going to take a step back as a result through no fault of their own, through entirely the fault of their piece of shit forward that beat his wife in the offseason. Um, oh, I'm going to say the Wolves just because I'm curious about how weird that's going to be. Yeah, I would I would probably add them to the list. Well, and also, like, no matter what, even if the front court doesn't work out great, like, Edwards is pretty fucking Yeah, yeah. Um, the, Clippers, the Clippers are like Paul George and Kawhi doing crazy shit. Yeah, I was. I was going to try in the regular season, though. I don't know if I want to watch them. Actually, you know what team I really liked watching last year was the Cavs. I think the Cavs hmm. would actually be up there for That's me. a good one. Yeah. yeah. And may, I, can't, I would say in a vacuum, I would say the Raptors, but I fucking hate them. So I <laughs> I won't say that. Uh, maybe the Bucks, though. I do love watching some Giannis stuff. Giannis. Yeah, Giannis. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's always the, those particular guys, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I will say, I think for whatever reason, I find watching Giannis to be way more fun than watching, like, Jokic. Really? Yeah. Oh, Jokic is a good one. Actually, yeah, Denver. Jokic is crazy. But that's interesting. I like the passing, personally. Although they're both fucking incredible. So, you know. I think I just love that, like, Giannis's game is essentially, like, a hyper athletic shack at this point, like yeah. where he just bullies the shit out of anybody he wants to and can just get anything he wants inside. Like it, that's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So if we we're going to narrow that down to five, everybody make your top five. Now we've kind of talked it through. So oh, I don't fucking know. yeah, whatever. we, we named like seven teams. <laughs> all right. I'll make, yeah. I'll make a top five then real quick. Yeah. I will say Cleveland, Milwaukee, uh, the Clippers, the T Wolves and uh, the Warriors. I think I'm just gonna go with the Warriors. Defending yeah, got Steph. That's it. Yeah, Steph. Steph is worth it. As much as like I've seen Steph a million times, it never gets old. Like no, watching him not. do what he does. <laughs> it does not get old. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with more questions. But first, I got to remind you guys, college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. I, for one, love placing a same-game parlay where I can bet on the score of the game. Also, you know, how many yards the running back is going to get. Uh, Maybe pick my favorite receiver and pick how many receptions they're going to get. There's really a great opportunity where if you feel like you know a lot about your team, that you can place a bet that can potentially pay off big for you because you're you're betting on multiple things that – you think can pay off. I've, I've certainly done it with basketball as well. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on college football and you will get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
All right. We got a trio of questions uh, from our buddy ZMP323, Star J Barrett Enjoyer in the Discord. Uh, first question, who has a better shot at being an all-star this season, RJ or Brunson? Matt, what do you think? I think it's RJ. Um, there are too many good guards. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a reasonable way to look at it. Yeah. More so than even like who will just straight up have a better season. It's like who are they competing Yeah, I mean, the questions also are better season is more of a toss-up. But, I mean, especially if Mitchell's on the team, like Mitchell's going to be one, one to get the votes among Knicks guards. Brunson's not getting shit in that case. Yeah. Yeah, I also think I also think if you have Mitchell and RJ, that Brunson will be pretty happy playing more of a facilitator role. Yeah. Mm. So the scoring might not pop as much unless he needs to from time to time. Um, Zach, what do you think between RJ or Brunson? No, I agree. RJ because he's a wing. It's uh, it's really that simple. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it too. And and I also just can more easily see a world where RJ in year four jumps from twenty points per game to like twenty five than mm. Brunson jumping from like. I mean, as great as his postseason was last year, and as much as I think that he is fairly paid, he averaged like 15 and 5 last year or something. Like, so I don't see a world where he jumps up to like a 20 and 10 guy or something. Because yeah, he's I, think already, the assists, I think the assists are going to jump up. Yeah, because so maybe like 7 or 8 or yeah. something like that. But, yeah. you know, I don't know if the scoring, especially if they do get Mitchell, is going to take any sort of leap like the relatively small leap that RJ would have to take to go up to like 25 points per game, which is just like a three and a two more per game. And he's there or a few more free throws or whatever. So I, I think it would be RJ as well. Um, I think we've done this one before, so we'll just make this quick, but I'll still answer it anyway. Who's your least favorite Nick of all time? Uh, Zach, you first. Uh, gosh, I don't fucking... All right, Matt, who's your least favorite Nick of all time? While it's, it's always Bargnani. Yeah, I was going to say Bargnani. I feel like lying for Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Bargnani too. I, my runner-up would be I irrationally uh, really hated Ron Baker for whatever reason. That is weird. Heard. Yeah. I just, lot, you know, I didn't like Ron Baker because I feel like in many ways he was like – so like – the reasons that people say that they didn't like Nilakina of like, well, everybody just thought he was like some superstar or whatever, except for like Nilakina actually did play like, like amazing defense, like, like top 5% in the NBA level defense. I never thought Ron Baker was all that on that end. And people used to be like, he's so good. Like, Oh my God, he's so amazing on defense. And like, you know, he gets the offense going and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I just, I never saw it with him. I didn't like him. I thought he was trash. Like, I'm like, you're on a trash team producing a little bit of results. Like, congrats. Who cares? And I also hated the contract he was given, which was not entirely his fault, but he should have declined it and taken a more team-friendly deal. <laughs> it's a little weird all against him. <laughs> he should have left money on the table. Anyway... All right, uh, last question in this section, at least, from ZMP323. If you started a Knicks bar, what would you name it? This is a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think. We we brainstormed this a smidge right before we started recording. Yeah. I think my favorite that we came up with during that session, unless you guys came up with something different, would be to call bar. What is he doing, folks? Yeah, no, I, I love what is, what is he doing, folks. Um, the problem is, like, 
it doesn't really roll off the tongue though. I it feel like business would be a little weird. And yeah, there's no way like, to like turn that short, you know? You, like also like, yeah, because like you're inviting, you're like, yo, you want to go to what are we doing folks tonight? Like that's really a mouthful. And yeah. also nobody would know it was a Knicks bar. Like even people, like if I walked by a bar that had like called what are you, what is he doing folks? I would not be like, is that a Knicks bar? Because it's, I love that Clyde line, but it's not like so iconic that, um, yeah, you'd have to license like a Clyde neon sign. Yeah, to I think really market. Yeah, I think the obvious answer is some kind of. We didn't really go through any Clydeisms, but there's got to be some kind of Clydeism that would like be close enough to a, a bar theme that would be the obvious choice. Drinking and thinking. I don't know. <laughs> Drink, drinking and uh, sink. I, I, I whatever word you could think of to rhyme with drink, maybe that's it. Is there it would like be an a, actual Clydeism? But no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like an actual, like, like spinning yeah. and winning doesn't work. Right, spinning and winning was keeps popping in my head, but that doesn't doesn't work. Um, Master Blaster. <laughs> that would be a pretty cool name for anything. Honestly, that would be a good drink name. Master, yeah, that, you know, that would be the blaster would be a good drink. Master blaster. Just like straight vodka. <laughs> <laughs> it's Everclear mixed with vodka, yeah. mixed with yeah, 151. <laughs> the master. Oh, God. It's like because it makes you projectile vomit immediately mm-hmm. after you're done drinking. <laughs> um, uh, what's another? Uh, I'm trying feline quickness, canine attitude. I mean, posting and toasting. You post yeah, toasting is like toast. literally, but we can't do that. I mean, if it wasn't literally the name of the giant website that we spun off from. This is a a world that doesn't exist, guys. So we can do whatever. Do you think we just have to talk to Joe? Yeah, I'm sure. Look, it's just more. Joe definitely does not own the name Hosting and Toasting. But uh, maybe maybe we, we sit down Seth and Joe and also Big Seth. And we're just like, we have an offer for you. And then we say we'll give them 0.1% of all. Yeah. No, we don't give them the bar. They don't own the phrase broken <laughs> and toasting. We do whatever fucking want. <laughs> Zach, you're so angry. <laughs> I mean, I Seth, did, Seth did come up with that name. Seth Rosenthal. Yes, he did in the sense that he's using it for a website, but Clyde came up with it. Yeah, but then... No, but, but in a way, Seth came up with it. But in he a came way, up with using it as the website. <laughs> I'm just yes. fucking around. I'm just fucking around. Using it, I, the, obvious, the obvious choice is posting and toasting. Because, like, toasting literally is, yeah. Thank you. And I just didn't want to say that before. The bar and toast up with your friends. Yeah. Right. I just didn't want to say it before because I was like, well, we can't name it posting and toasting. But Zach's right. It, it would be posting and toasting. Yes. All right. Zach gets a win. You know what, Zach? No. I agree. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's move to our next question. <laughs> This comes from Twitter uh, from Urson Demir, uh, E. Demir, NBA. Chris Apps Porzingis scoring 100 plus points in total in his four games against the Knicks over or under? Obvious under, unless he's going to average like 50 points a game because he's definitely going to Yeah, because he's fart noise. Yeah. Fart noise. Uh, did you say fart noise? Yeah, I, tr- I did a fart noise, but I don't know if the mic picked it up, so I just I said it sounded like you going like you blowing into the mic. No, oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, it sounded well. like a fart from a loose bottle. <laughs> well, <laughs> it did. It sounded like that's kind of <laughs> the kind of what like, like Chris that's you know that's kind of what he brings to the table at this point. He plays like a fart from a loose butthole. <laughs> Matt, did a breeze just blow through your apartment, or, no. or did you just fart? I couldn't no. really tell. 
Uh, I think he, like there's there's no way he's playing in all four games. No, there's no chance he's scoring 100 points. There's no chance. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, even if he only played three games, he's not averaging 35 points per game. Fuck that. Right. What What about 70 points in four games? Uh. Maybe. I still say under for the no. principal. I I'm, I would say under. You you give me under 10, and I'd be like under. <laughs> I would definitely say under 70 as well. I think the threshold that would maybe start giving me pause would be like 50. I think, I mean, I, I think six, if I'm being honest, I think 60, I'd be like, yeah. No, we, don't, we don't do that here. We don't do honest. Yeah. We, we act emotionally at all times. All right. Let's move on before we, before we accidentally answer this, honestly. All right. All right. <laughs> this one comes to us from the Discord. Bomber BCM uh, says, question slash thought slash rant. All right, buckle up, guys. Uh, in terms of player rankings, is it? It's just more common now, or have people always used the metric of "I would like to play with this guy" in their analysis? I understand scalability, but the idea of giving a worse player brownie points for being a nice guy was always so lame to me, especially with guys that didn't win. For example, Nash. Although I would argue that Steve Nash won quite a bit, he just never won a championship. But mm-hmm. um, and he got screwed out of one by the NBA. But anyway, I personally blame Bill Simmons for having us talk about these high-level athletes. Like we're going to run five v five with them at the gym. Yes, it wouldn't be fun standing in the corner while Kobe or MJ go ISO instead of getting dimes from Stockton or Nash. That still doesn't change the fact that they're better at basketball. Um, yeah, I, I, that is kind of interesting. I don't know. Do you guys think that how a player played versus pure talent and accomplishments should factor into all-time rankings where you're trying to just rank guys in a vacuum as far as like this guy's the best, this guy's the second best, third best, et cetera, not putting them in a team context. Well, I mean, if we're being real about this, Michael Jordan is, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone, unless they like love LeBron so much, they they lie to themselves um, is the consensus best player of all time. And, like, I don't think anybody would say he's a selfless player. So <laughs> I don't really know it's, that it's affecting that much. I mean, if guys are, like, about even and one guy is, like, a much more of a team player, I don't think it's ridiculous to factor that. And I agree it's Bill Simmons' fault that, like, if, if you're saying, like, under his, you know, whole theory here, I think that's Bill Simmons' fault, but I don't actually think it really affects things that much in the way. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it affects things in the way he thinks it does. I mean, I'll just say in regard to Jordan, like as far as him, uh, you know, uh, being like, yes, he scored a ton of points and was the focal point of like the Bulls' offense, but he did sort of at one point, like, I won't say turn his career around because he was obviously amazing at that point already, but like, turned the Bulls success around when Phil Jackson came on and he decided to start sharing the ball more, mm-hmm. even if his actual like raw assist totals weren't as high, you know, throughout those years of his career, like he bought into the triangle offense for the team, even though it was detrimental to his scoring average. Cause he was averaging like, I mean, he had a season where he averaged 37 points per game yeah. uh, prior to Phil Jackson getting there. And so like, you know, he could have, average like 40 points a game um, in theory in his prime, but instead chose to play in an offense that took the ball out of his hands more often, but put it in his hands at the times when he needed it. Um, So I'd say that that factors, I guess, but yeah, like the the general spirit of the question, like, I I don't know. I, I think that 
there's something to be said for if a guy plays like that, you know, plays more selfless and it leads to the team being better as a result. Like I think even if you use the Steve Nash example, I think Nash showed at various points during that Suns run, like if he wanted to, he could score 35 points any given night when he was at that. I mean, he had, he had times. I don't think it's, I don't think it's totally blasphemous to say this, like where he, when he switched to just offense mode a few times and those on those Phoenix teams, he looked like Steph Curry. Like you couldn't leave him open from three. Like he would just get over a screen, just pop and hit a three every single time. And like he had that scoring ability, but instead he chose to be the engine of the offense and was probably one of the best offensive engines of all time. If you're talking about pure, like just bending defenses to his will at all times. Um, So I don't know. I, you can't really divorce Steve Nash's legacy from the fact that he made his teammates so much better, which in turn made the team better. And regardless of if he got a championship or not, I don't think he was like a loser. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with like Stockton, like as much as he's a MAGA piece of garbage now, um, you know, like his legacy, I think is pretty intact in the sense of like, yeah, he never won a championship. But he came pretty damn close a number of times. And, is like an all-time leader in a number of categories that will probably never be approached. They're just not the scoring categories, you know, but they were things that were made him a great basketball player and made him a key part of a team. Now, I don't know if I would like take him in a one V one tournament against anybody, but like, we're not talking about grace one V one players of all time. I think the team team play factors into basketball rankings because it's, you know, some guys might be more purely talented than others in like a just 1v1 setting, but they weren't the best pro basketball players in the sense that they weren't able to find that right balance of looking for themselves versus others or whatever. Like, J.R. Smith is probably a better 1v1 basketball player than like Steve Nash or John Stockton, but nobody would ever put him higher than them. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird song and dance to try to boil things down to single player accomplishments, how they rank all time and stuff like that. But I don't know, Zach, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I generally agree. I think this is a good question. I, I don't really agree with the, with the conclusion, but I think it's a good question because it brings up like an interesting discussion, like we're saying, right? I personally, I mean, so I think that number one, um, Stockton and Nash aren't better than Kobe and MJ, right? So, like, we can start there. I, I don't think people generally think that. Um, so, you know, I feel like they are appropriately ranked given that they are team players. Like, I think that comes into it. I think the better way to ask this, or maybe to reframe this question, is to say if we have two Kobe's, one of whom is Kobe that we had, and one of whom is like, a little bit more of a nicer, more team player. I'm guessing that Kobe, who is a little nicer and more team player, um, is going to be a better player. But then you get into this interesting dynamic where it's like, well, is that really Kobe then? Because that's Kobe's thing, right? Like, that's just Kobe. And that's kind of how it applies to all these guys in a certain sense. Like, Steph Curry is a unselfish player. I believe that. Even though he takes some shots that are selfish, I believe he's an inherently unselfish player. Um, and I just think that's Steph Curry. Same with LeBron. Um, Kawhi Leonard is more like a Kobe. And that's just how, like, these guys just learn to play a particular way. 
and that's kind of it. So I, but that said, I do believe that we should talk about it like we are going to go play 5v5 in the gym because the other reality is that basketball players are also people. So you're crazy if you don't think Kobe's teammates were fucking annoyed at him sometimes when he's chucking up 35 shots and shooting 30% from the field in a playoff game. You know what I mean? Like, even if he comes around and eventually starts hitting those shots, there is no way his teammates weren't fucking annoyed when they're standing open in the corner. and like, bro, you're tossing up more bricks. Can you pass me the fucking ball? They're humans just like we are. When we're out there playing, watching someone chuck up the ball and pick up, even if they're winning, don't you get annoyed? Alex, isn't mm-hmm. that fucking annoying? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And like that's and this is pickup, right? This doesn't even influence our money. Let alone when your livelihood is involved, when your pride is involved, when you when you have fa- friends and family at the game and you're getting looked off, uh, you're wide open in the corner, you're red hot, and you're getting looked off by Kobe. And that's not to take away from Kobe, but I'm just saying, what, in that example, if you had a Kobe who would pass you the ball, that's better. And I think that's a valid thing. So it, it's a difficult thing to parse because you can't change Kobe, but... Would it be better if you could a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I I feel that. And, it you know, then that's where it gets a little messy, too, where it's like, well, are we talking about, like, how, how does that factor in, though, if you're just talking about, like, this is, I guess it just comes down to, you have to have a, I think all time lists without having at least, like, one qualifier attached to it are kind of silly, because then that leaves things too ambiguous of, like, well, who's the all-time best player? And it's like, I think it's pretty obvious at the very top. Like, okay, like Jordan, LeBron, probably one, two. In whatever order you want to say, I think most most people would probably say Jordan. Um, but, you know, then the debate starts to happen there. And, like, it's tough because of positions, first off. Like, that makes things harder, too. Because, like, that's the other thing that makes it difficult to evaluate, like, you know, uh, Steve Nash or John Stockton or, like you said, even, like, Steph Curry who probably could have had a much higher scoring average at different points of his career had he been more selfish than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you evaluate the fact that, like, this guy's job on the basketball court is to set up the offense? So maybe he's not going to shoot as much, even if he has that shooting talent, whereas a Kobe or a Michael Jordan are tasked with shooting the ball. Like, it's literally the job of their position. They are the shooting guard. Um, you know, h- how does that factor into evaluation like what their role was and stuff it's just it's you know so i think there's i think it just has to either be like who who was the best 5v5 basketball player or who was the most pure talented player i Uh think that i think you could probably argue that jordan and lebron might actually be the two best of those period um you know of both those categories but then it that's where i think there's a little more discussion to be had with the other with the other players and as far as the other categories, once you get beyond the top two there. So yeah. uh, Matt, do you have anything to add before we move to our next question? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, uh, that was a good question though. It's a, that's a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear what other people think about that. Uh, all right. So f- <laughs> these are just two pretty funny ones, but I had to include them. We don't really have to answer these. They're just hilarious. Uh, so our buddy, Mark far off the mark in the discord had two really good, zingers here uh if musk bought the nets put Kyrie into a spaceship and showed him that the earth is indeed not flat would Kyrie's head explode is that even possible in space or would anybody hear it happen in space 
No, you wouldn't hear it. It is possible for your head to explode. I think actually that's what happens if you do get exposed to a vacuum. I could be wrong. Um, so, you know, maybe he would, you know, try to call out the window and be like, this I, is I, don't, I don't think you're, I don't think your head literally, I think it like your eyes like balloon out. I don't think it like literally will blow up, but like, I think you get like almost like the bends, but you also like yeah. freeze because the vacuum yeah. space is like, does the vacuum like suck your brain out of your head essentially? No, I don't think no. so. <laughs> Are you sure? You're, yes. It might. It might. If you were like, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I might be letting it's an explosive decompression in this content. I'm, I might be letting sci-fi influence me a little bit too much here, but I think what would happen is like the the point where you might get like, like your head sucked fucking off or whatever would be if like your spaceship had a wall blown off of it. And That's everything exactly. inside yeah. is being sucked out into space. That but, explosive decompression. That's what I mean. And right, in this but, scenario, but I'm thinking if you like were fighting it, that would be the case because there would be a push pull going yeah. on. But, but yeah, if you I just was came in and just flew out into the vacuum right. space. I don't think it would be enough. If to, you like, got like pushed out of your spaceship without a helmet on, I think, like, I don't think your head would explode. I think you're <laughs> Zach's googling it right now. I can I hear know. it happening. <laughs> Um, oh, all right. I, here's my here's my answer to this. Kyrie would say that Elon Musk must have like shown him a screen that looks like the window. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And or like would be like, oh, he had like a hologram. Yeah. That he was projecting. There, there is. You cannot like. I don't. I don't know that I actually believe Kyrie really believes that the Earth is flat. But if he does, you can't actually convince those people. You have to like deprogram them from brainwashing. You can't convince them that the earth mm -hmm. is not flat. It's like trying, uh, honestly, and God, I feel like I'm really going to this well a lot in this episode, but it's like trying to have a, like a legitimate argument with someone who has gone deep down like the 8chan and YouTube right. fucking QAnon, you know, wormhole. Like yeah, there's, just no, to, there's no can't. reasoning, you know, you can't present them with the truth. No yeah. matter how obvious it is, like you have to like slowly pull them back from the brink over a very long time. Yeah, yeah. But because... I also don't actually think Kyrie believes Earth's flat. I think he is an asshole and likes fucking with people. Yeah, I, I think that was just a giant troll job by him, to yeah. be honest. Although I do think that he's he thinks himself to be like some fucking. No, I mean he's actually an anti-vaxxer. That's yeah, definitely true. But I just don't think yeah. he believes Earth's flat. Yeah. Zach, what have you? What have you? Uh, what knowledge have you attained during your Google search? We well, that's complicated. Most of the the research, well, not research, but most of the implications are for uh, aircraft, which is okay. not quite. But it can. Uh, it vacates the lungs in like 0.1 seconds in explosive decompression, and that has presumably uh, a bigger effect when you're literally in a vacuum. Um, and it can and will kill people, but it's unclear if they die from falling out of a fucking airplane or if they die because their lungs exploded. I guess right. this is another question. Has there ever been a case where there was a catastrophic failure enough in space, like in the history of the space program, that someone got like sucked into the vacuum of space and died? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't think so. It happens a lot in sci-fi, but like, yeah, I think it's mostly been like, what was it? Apollo 11 was the one that like blew up right as it yeah. was lifting off. Like, I don't know if they've ever like had a massive explosion in right. space like that, in, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it Damn, speaks, it speaks to the out. overall safety. Well, and they've bailed out a number of times too. Okay. Or no, is um, Apollo eleven is Apollo eleven the one that got to the moon? Apollo no, Apollo thirteen, I think was. 
The one that the movie was about was Apollo 13, and they, they're the ones that didn't die, right? Apollo 13 blew up. Apollo 13 was the one. Oh, I was right. Died. Apollo 11 got to the moon. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apollo 11 is the one that got to the moon. Apollo 13 blew up. Yeah. And that was the one they did the movie about. They did the movie about it because I think it was like in a, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I guess I just screwed that up. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Well, I did too. Time. I said Apollo 11 blew up, but it, <laughs> it didn't, so. Um, and then the Challenger, too. The Challenger blew up. Yeah. In, in on earth though like that didn't right. even yeah. just That's what I mean. never, yeah. and even if it did blow up in space would they have the data i don't, well, you, I don't maybe know maybe there's a black box or something, something. they probably would would have because they're, they're getting like real-time data too so they probably have some information information wasn't it with the with the challenger too wasn't it literally like one ceramic plate came off yes. or something and that was enough to fuck the entire rocket up i'm like dude well, that is the case woof uh all right well anyway so to move to the next question that got way <laughs> we not answer this, and we did. <laughs> I said we weren't going to answer it, and then we went into like the science of it all, <laughs> which we're all very qualified to discuss. By the way. Uh, Zach Googled it, so <laughs> Zach Googled it. So we're basically experts we're, now. Literally, yeah. the first result was from a video game, so that's how irrelevant. That's, that's good. Yeah. No one should listen to that's a trustworthy Google result. Frankly, ever they shouldn't listen to us ever. All right. So our next question is another one from Mark. Uh, and this one's just like a ha question. Will there be pampering investigations as long as Tibbs and Julius are still here? That's I love one. it. Yeah, that, that's that's really, just a good zinger. That was really funny. Well, I want to point out real quick, this que- they, the when we were on the double date, these women asked us what kind of questions we get asked for our podcast. And I showed them this one. And I was like, for example, nobody would understand this unless they were really diehard Knicks fan. And then Zach didn't understand it anyway. So don't laugh at that, Zach. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I was distracted and preoccupied. I'm just, you threw me into the bus with the serial killer thing before. Oh, so you're not getting away with this. No, no, you no, no, did no. not understand that that very funny question from Mark. <laughs> it was uh, very well played. Zach was probably nervous, though. He was, he was yeah, he put I'm, him on the spot. I'm and we, we do yeah. know from this podcast, Zach sucks at being put on the spot. It's true. true. It's mostly because actually what happened was I told them like this is an example of a funny question that they don't understand. It's like an inside joke almost. And Zach was just like, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to our next question. We got another one from Jack's three, six, five. This one didn't really, this doesn't really fall under the purview of anything. And quite frankly, we're going to dismiss this because he asked the wrong group of people this question. Yeah. Uh, Jax365 says, so how funny would it be for non-Mets fans if Edwin Diaz blew a game in the playoffs or World Series after his entrance music? The correct answer is it wouldn't be funny at all. It would be tragic. It would be the worst thing to ever happen. And never ask us this question again. Also, Jax, you think Edwin Diaz has never blown a save before? He's amazing. But like he used that music every time. He's blown saves before. It happens. He's also, he used to blow saves all the time. Seriously. The Mets. Yeah, he, was he, hated he wasn't using narco back then. No, so and now he does. Now no. he has the power of that. Has he blown one this year? He has. Yeah, and was it like? Is he like only? Yeah, it was like right. It was against the, the Giants, I think. Yeah. Um, hold on. We don't need to know the actual. Well, now I, I need. To <laughs> Matt's oh going into the baseball nerdum. It's over. We shouldn't have done this. Yeah, we shouldn't have done it. It's, he's gonna. Wait, okay. I just searched Edwin Diaz won't save 2022, and the first thing that popped up is Edwin Diaz, the best closer in baseball? Yes. The answer is yes. All right, good. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's all we need to know. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Jax, but also fuck you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, actually, we'll get right into another question from Jax right here as we move to our nerdy shit section. I only got two, two nerdy ones in this uh, episode, but I think they're good questions. These are two things I'm interested in. 
Uh, so Jax365 is right back with a nerdy question. How do you think they expand Daredevil's story in She-Hulk? Um, so obviously it was shown in this. We're recording this on Wednesday night, so She-Hulk is not out yet. Um, I mistakenly thought it was out yesterday because there were like so many reviews and shit coming out. For yeah, it. but like, no, it's it's out tomorrow. As yeah, the embargo the must have lifted yesterday, but the reviews but, look great, so I'm very excited. I think, um, and I, I don't think this is even like a rumor or a spoiler. I think they've just kind of announced that Daredevil's not showing up till episode four, so we're not going to see him for a little bit. Right. Well, okay, so we could talk about this then. Yeah. So I actually don't, but so first off, if you haven't seen it already, I mean, I don't even think this is a spoiler. They showed Daredevil like uh, uh, showing up at the end of the first like real trailer for She-Hulk. Um, and he's in a yellow suit. It's going to be sweet. Uh, I think as far as how they expand his story, I don't know that they're going to so much as just like just like they did in Hawkeye. Just sort of establish like, with uh, Kingpin, I should say. Just sort of establish like Okay, this is the same actor, but this is now how this character is in the MCU, yeah. like in the MCU proper. Um, hopefully, they don't change too much because I loved the Netflix version. Yeah, of Kingdom was was like I don't know three percent goofier, but otherwise pretty much the same. Well, but he he had super strength too, which that's true. Yeah, they didn't really give it. They made him like normal person strong in Daredevil. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It, no, so he kind of had super strength in Daredevil. They, they did show him putting up like eight yeah. plates in Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, prison, he kind of had super strength in Daredevil, which is which is like semi superhuman, <laughs> and like he definitely didn't look like he should be that strong because that's as much as like the mountain puts up. <laughs> so, right, um, you know, I I don't know. I guess it's yeah, that's sort of tricky. They just never really showed him being that strong in Daredevil, other than maybe like I'm trying to think. There was a time when he bashed the dude's head in to the point that it was pulp in the car door. Maybe that showed that same level of strength yeah, but i mean he was yeah. he was really really strong when he was fighting against kate bishop and hawkeye like she literally had to like it was like a boss battle in a video game yeah he's like dragging like, her around the floor like yeah. exactly and she had to like find any way to not get like in a physical altercation with him right. at all um so to answer this i think daredevil like he's gonna be like a he'll show up in probably like two maybe three episodes he's gonna be like a bit player I, my guess is he'll have a case against she hulk and I wouldn't be surprised if they hook up and then like, they're probably going to fight crime together briefly. And that'll like, I, I just, I don't think he's going to have an arc because he's got echo coming. He's going to have probably a little bit more of an appearance in echo. And then he's got his own show. So I, I think it's just going to be like, you're saying Alex to be like, Hey, yes, Daredevil is, I mean, we've seen him in Spider-Man, but he's like, he is here. Yeah. I got to say, I do freaking love that. Like they're almost like borderline overexposing like Charlie Cox and Daredevil because I'm so happy that he's back. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't care that he's gonna show up in three separate shows in the next like two years, like and probably the next Avengers movie and or yeah. I, although I mean, like Daredevil versus Kang, like I mean they had they had weaker heroes in Daredevil fighting in, in Infinity War, but it just seems like a weird. They had Mantis pretend yeah. to be a real factor in a battle. Hey, Mantis! Like... Mantis almost took out Thanos, right? But through a very creative use of her powers, yeah. like they literally had her show up in Endgame and just be like, like shaking her fists out, like, "All yeah. right, it's time to go. Like, let's yeah. go fight." Like that's not our yeah. thing. <laughs> um, which I, you know we've definitely talked about that scene, like in our 
in our big Marvel review. Like, I get the purpose of that scene. It's very important, like, to show female representation. Yeah, little girls like, seem to love it from, like, I saw a bunch of posts after I game on the internet, like, my daughter or my niece or my little cousin. Lo- loves, but, like, it's, like, Gamora, the Wasp, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like, there's so many, like, actual ass kickers. Like, you didn't have to include Vantis there. Um, but they wanted to include them all, which is fine. Um, and to be fair, like she did sort of look like a little unsure if I remember right in that scene, yeah. like where she's sort of like looking left and right, like, uh, <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so whatever. Anyway. Um, I think yeah. and then we can move on. The, the funniest part of that scene actually to me is that Wasp is supposed to be helping Scott jumpstart the van. And then she just comes out of nowhere to like do this instead. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I'm going to go help Captain yeah. Marvel who clearly yeah. needs no help. Right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so as far as Daredevil's story, I think it's pretty much what she said. It's just going to be sort of like a, a quick thing. Like, actually, if you remember, um, in another one of the Netflix series in Luke Cage season two, they had Iron Fist show up for a minute, probably in the best bit of Iron Fistery (laughs) in that whole thing. I suspect Um, we will get Jessica Jones and Luke Cage showing up in the Daredevil show. Part of the reason so long, but we will not see Iron Fist. I think they're going to not bring him over. Or, I mean, I didn't hate the actor. I just hated how he was written and how the show was done. The problem is it's like, I know Danny Rand in the comics is white, but like so many people were not happy that like, it's kind of racist. I mean, they could also just like have him wear the mask again too. Like, like they never had him wear like the bandana. No, I'm just saying like the character, I think they want to avoid. No, I know what you're saying, but like they did cast true to the, and you know, this was in the same series where they had a a very prominent black main character and a very prominent woman main character that were probably the two strongest out of any of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought the I thought the Finn Jones was okay. Like, I would be surprised they bring him back just because they're like, we're bringing everybody else back. <laughs> so yeah, kind of I mean, he was fine. I just think I just really think they're gonna like after the ancient one thing. Like, they just do not want to deal with, understandably, people accusing them of, of like, whitewashing a character. Even though, again, Danny is white, but their reasonable argument, like, I get the arguments behind why he, it's a racist character, and I I see the point. So I I just don't think they're going to. I think they'll keep him, and they'll bring him back in the Shang-Chi sequel, would be my guess. Um, I don't know. Putting him in a movie seems like a very risky proposition for a character that I mean, dude... I will believe anything about what writing and directing can do after seeing what Obi-Wan did for Hayden Christensen. Like, yeah, that's fair. So I, I think it was just a case of bad writing and bad directing and especially bad fight choreography that made Iron Fist like. Really they also, cool. my biggest issue with the, sorry, I really, we really should move on, but let me say we should wrap this up. Yeah. My biggest issue with the Netflix shows in general is that they were so scared of letting their superheroes like be superheroes. Danny never wears a costume. Luke Cage never wears a costume. I think part of it was budgetary, though. I think yeah, but Daredevil, like they had a costume for Daredevil, and they couldn't wait for him to like get rid of it every season. That was annoying. Yeah, I hated that. Like they finally had a full season with him in it in season two, and then season three, they're like, no more costume. He's going back to the so like I just plain black shirt and plain black bandana. It's it's a it's a dumb shortcut to be like we're dark and gritty so like our superheroes are too cool for their costumes yeah yeah i mean jessica jones was pretty true to hers because she never really has like a yeah movie. that's why i didn't mention her but like and luke luke cage in modern 
applications doesn't really either. Like yeah, but like a Marvel, like when he if he shows up in Daredevil, he will be dressed like Luke Cage instead of just like in a hoodie all the time. I guess so, but like, what is dressed like Luke Cage? Because the yeah, yellow shirt, Cage and like he won't be dressed in like the the ridiculously racist way he was in the seventies. But like, he'll be dressed in like yellow shirt and blue pants, whatever. And like, he really barely ever was in the. Do you think he's going to have the weird helmet thing though? Probably not. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. don't think they would do that. Iron Fist and Daredevil are really my biggest gripes. From yeah. like, they Iron Fist was never in a, any sort of Iron Fist costume. And yeah, that was, and there's just like always oh, a tattoo of the costume on, right? Like, and Daredevil couldn't, yeah, he just wore it for one season and then threw it out again. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's move to the next question. This one comes from uh, Zach. Maybe you could get involved with this yeah. one. <laughs> this one comes from Twitter. Uh, Kurt Schulte, uh, guilty gearing at NY Bulldog. If Lord of the Rings was a fighting game, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter style, who would you play? Uh, so, Zach, you're the biggest Lord of the Rings nerd of us. I have to ask you this. So, I'm actually going to relate it to Super Smash because that's probably the the fighting game that I've okay. been the best at over the years. So, my favorite character by a mile is Bowser. I'm so good with Bowser. Mm-hmm. I was racking my brain. I can't think of who would make the best Bowser. Gimli, for sure. Would it be Gimli? Yes, absolutely. Just being big axe swings, slow, but if he hits you, you're fucked. Right, but like with Bowser, the big thing is like the the jump up, like spin move, the grab yeah, no, guys and do the giant body slam. No, no, move. You're getting way too specific. That's why, because of course you're not going to find a yeah, one right. One yeah, Alex, like you're you're trying to like create a Bowser in, in Lord of the Rings, which you can't do. What you're what you're really looking for is you want to take a Gimli skin and put it onto Super Smash Bros. Bowser. That's well, no, I was I was almost thinking though of like maybe like the um. The cave troll from the first movie would be sort of a Bowser. Oh, yeah, I guess any giant, maybe a Balrog. or like the Balrog. Actually, yeah, yeah. that would just I think, that would I be weird. Gimli's, I think Gimli would be a good comparison. Yeah, no, Balrog is like a god, so like you can't really, you know. And Gandalf was like, "Oh, we need to get the fuck out of here." When they saw Balrog, so you know. Yeah, I guess Balrog yeah. would be like, um, what's the fucking guy in Mortal Kombat with the uh, Goro? He would be like Goro. Sure. Like, I don't know basically the god <laughs> character. Yeah, 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 exactly. Goro's yeah. the one that had the four arms and was like the boss, like the big bad at the end. I never really played that game. Okay. I watched the, the movies or anything. Don't ever watch the movie. The most recent movie was like fun bad, though. It no, was, it was not. I found it to be fun bad. Me. Do not test me. Actually, don't test him. I don't want to listen to an argument about the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, dude, it's right. so boring. It's so fucking Zach, boring. Zach, whatever. Tell us who your character is. Okay. Um, I, well, it depends. Am I going... It depends what I'm trying to do here. If I'm trying to uh, have the most fun, I mean, it'd probably be, like, Legolas, I feel like, because he's just super cool and does, like, crazy shit, right? But, like, if, you know, if I'm trying to be, like, kind of a troll, you probably go with Frodo. Right, because they're like, "Oh, look, I'm beating you at Frodo. You fucking suck." <laughs> Frodo would definitely beat. Like, what would he would put on the ring, turn invisible for like ten seconds, and like that would be his only move. Yeah, yeah that's gotta be Sam. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's running around with a frying pan, like whacking people. Gollum. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Gollum would be probably you know hard to get a hold of. He'd be a little slippery yeah. guy. Yeah, know? that's true. Cool. Also, um, who wants to touch him? Ugh. Gollum would be pretty badass as a character, actually. I feel like because he he's like he has no fucking limits, so he'd be super fast, like super able to like get around, and then like 
like he has the uh, his attacks would be fucking brutal. It'd be like gouge the person's eyeballs out, yeah. and fucking eat them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like he has I no limits. <laughs> I um, I was I always played as Captain Falcon when I played. Uh, oh. So I was trying to think. I don't think there's a good example, but I feel like Aragorn. Yeah, I think the closest would be in style because Captain Falcon's like good guy, right? Like. Yeah. It's Aragorn. But also fast, but then has like a giant, you know, the Falcon punch is like, you got to charge yeah. it up for 10 seconds. Yeah. And then, so like, and Captain Falcon has the fucking knee too. Yeah. Yeah. The knee is good. So I, I could see Aragorn having like a, an ultimate attack. That's like, you got to keep the person in place for a few seconds before you nail yeah. him with it. Yeah. I, I think Aragorn would probably be Captain Falcon. That seems about right to me. I like how we got asked about like Mortal Kombat and, we picked, and Street Fighter, and we're like, we don't play those games. We like yeah, I played I played each of those games like one time, so I don't I have I, no idea. I played Street Fighter more than Mortal Kombat, weirdly enough, but Street still Fighter not Hadouken? enough. Like, Hadouken. Yeah, that's with Ryu and Ken and yeah, yeah, yeah. All all right. the, Bal- Balrog. Hadouken. Funny enough, a character named Balrog, but really, yeah, the huh. the boxer um, huh. is Balrog. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, so, all right, so I am either the Balrog or, I guess, Gimli in a Bowser-esque character. Matt, you're a Captain Falcon-esque uh, Aragorn. Zach, yeah. who's your character? You said you would go with, like, a Frodo or a Sam? No, Sam he said would be Legolas. No, he's no, yeah, Frodo. Legolas, unless I'm trolling people, and then I would go Okay, so Legolas Link. Uh, yeah, Legolas yeah, 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 Link. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I actually do play Marth. So that would be closer yeah. to Aragorn, but that's yeah, Mar- yeah. Being Legolas is cooler, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> I do think if Sam was Sam would definitely be the most embarrassing character. To exactly. Learn. Even though he'd be balanced, like it's a game, right? Like he'd be strong, yeah. but it's like you're getting beat up by a, a short guy with a. You know who the Ice Climbers would be. Hmm. Oh, Marion Pippin. Yeah, Pippin. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Actually, you know, you know, be kind (laughs) of just thinking like if they had a um a pre-ring Smeagol who like totally sucks as a character, except his finisher is just choked to death, and it's like the most amazing. That would be a cool like a zero suit Samus type thing with like a final smash that like changes him into Mm. you know post ring Smeagol. Yeah, and, and then you get way more powerful and brutal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like before that, you're just like, I eat crumpets and I fish and life is good. <laughs> and then you turn into that and you're just like, murderous machine and fucking kill everything. Uh, I think we also left out uh, Sauron would be uh, Ganondorf. Yeah. I think that would be. To. Yeah, it has to. Who's and Ganondorf? Sauron would be pretty badass. I feel like it's Mewtwo. Gandalf. Yeah, Gandalf probably be like me too. I'm actually ma- imagining more like Lucario. Oh, mm. I don't even know. Well, oh, Zelda actually. Oh yeah, Zelda. Yeah, Zelda. Yeah. And you could switch between Gandalf the Gray and Gandalf the White. Oh, that yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you obviously always go Gandalf the White, but <laughs> well, yeah, but like you know, most people pick Sheik. I, there are some people yeah. that pick Zelda, but the way to do it would be if you could. Like you get like a power up that lets you turn in again off the white for like X right. amount of time per match or whatever, right? And and become you, like, way like a charge up. Like, I think like the obvious one would be you. Ha- every time you die, you switch. Actually, you know what? You know what's happening? The more that we're talking through this with some of these characters, I feel like the better analogy for how to like build a Lord of the Rings game would be like one of the Dragon Ball Z games. Yeah, where where you can like do like Super Saiyan 
and shit mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. where you could like power up to Gandalf the White or like yeah. power up to you know so Sam was on or whatever. Because a lot of times in in Smash they do a pretty good job where it's mostly just like a style preference. Yeah, it's not really so right. much like a like a powering up thing. Yeah, so. I don't know. Sure. Anyway, I, th- I think we've given this question enough time too. Yes. My God! All right, so let's move to the the Nick's mail dot bag after dark. Hello, ladies. All right, so this first one comes just to me. Uh, it's from Jax three six five. It's gonna be an unfortunately short answer. Uh, Alex, we all know you like Seth Rosenthal. I do. I think we all do. Uh, he put all of us on at one point or another. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Do you watch all his new videos from Secret Base when they come out? Uh, no, I don't like religiously watch them, but I do binge a few every once in a while where I'll just be like, oh, I want to watch. Actually, I like the uh, the beef history ones. Those were always my favorites. I haven't watched one in a while, but yeah, those are fun. Those are probably the most fun. And then like the rewinder ones where it just takes you into like one singular moment, like one play of a game and then shows you like everything for months leading up to it. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, I don't religiously watch them all like the second they come out with like, you know, popcorn at the ready. But, you know, I, I do watch them. I keep up. Uh, oh, crap. This should have been a nerd talk. Damn it. I put this in the wrong place. I forgot to rearrange it. Anyway, Zan Rosen asks us thoughts on Ms. Marvel. Um, apparently polarizing. I don't know. I know like Colin, Colin Loring hated the show and was very vocal about it. I thought it was good. It surprised me in the sense that I thought I was going to be more pissed about them changing how her powers came to be and whatever than I was, but, or like, just like what her powers were in general. But I thought they did a good enough job being like, all right, who cares if she's stretchy or if it's energy, she's basically doing the same stuff anyway. So we can avoid her being an inhuman and instead they made her spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the show, skip 30 seconds. They made her an X person, a mutant instead. Um, so she's like the first confirmed mutant in the MCU, unless you count uh professor X in Dr. Strange. But I don't know. I, I thought it was cute. It was like, it was like I Carly meets a Marvel show basically which you know it was funny it was lighthearted. the the actress played the character really well i like i like the supporting characters not the most compelling story of all time but it was fun and presented in a good way so i, I really like the show a lot and I, oh and i like the art style a lot because the, the way that they like mixed in like the little like speech bubbles and junk like that uh throughout the show i i thought was pretty brilliant as well but uh, Zach, have you seen the show yet? Did I just like nope. spoil a bunch of shit? No, nope, I don't care. Okay, mm-hmm. Matt, what do you think? What did you think about? I, the show? I, I agree with everything you said. I don't have anything yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, and and the last thing they did a real. I thought, and I mean, not having grown up in a in a non-white household, but to my eye, I thought it was one of the best representations and like a like main especially a marvel form of media but like a mainstream like nerdy form of media whatever like i thought it was one of the best representations of like a non-white way of life (laughs) um you know of like of like an actual immigrant story of of someone who grew up uh with a family of immigrants and you know in the u.s and like a, a 
it got very much into like the racism that uh, Muslims face in this country all the time and stuff like that. And I thought that it treated, it didn't treat that heavy handedly. Like, like I think I liked Falcon and the winter soldier, but I thought that it approached like race issues a little heavy handedly at times. But then I also think like a lot of the people that watch these shows are fucking neckbeards that, you know, need to have things delivered to them heavy handedly. But I thought that Ms. Marvel did probably the best job of showing that stuff without being too like in your face about it, I guess. Um, all right. Next questions come from stingy, our good buddy. <laughs> These are really stupid. Uh, how do you eat a Reese's? I don't know. You eat it. I unwrap it and then I eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Two bites. Two bites, maybe. Uh, how many bites do you, do you guys shove it all in your what mouth like an animal? I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I don't really feel like indulging these weirdos. Let's just keep it going. All right. What would you do for a Klondike bar? I don't know. Pay for it. <laughs> oh man, savage. Uh, finish this sentence. When I bite into a York peppermint patty, blank. My answer to this one is: When I bite into a York peppermint patty, I wish I would have grabbed a different candy out of the candy. I like York peppermint patties actually. Yeah, Alex is stupid and dumb. Yeah, they're, they're good, but I would take yeah, a million yeah. other candies over a York peppermint okay, patty. All right, well, thanks for nothing, Sinji. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, our beloved Jerry Garcia, also known as James Marcita, what advice would you give Strickland legend Dallas Amico as he enters into the sacred bond of marriage? You guys being happily or maybe unhappily single fellows, do you have any marriage advice for Dallas? I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would say it's cliche as shit, but never go to bed angry. Because um, oh my god, Ooh. it's for oh, real. Always go to bed angry. God. Oh. Actually, you know it was really funny. Uh, my wife went to a bridal shower over the weekend. They had one of those like advice cards, so she like sent me a picture of it of what she wrote down, and um, the only thing she had filled in uh, was like sometimes you have to, and then then there was a blank. And she wrote, go to bed angry. And I was yeah, like, your wife when, is right. I was like, how often are you going to bed angry? I make a point to never go to bed angry. What the yeah, fuck? What do we need to talk about? <laughs> the, your wife is telling you something. I know, yeah. clearly. Clearly yeah. there's some shit going on. So, yeah. Anyway, um, but I, uh, I don't know. That's the best advice I can come up with. It, don't prolong your fights because it's just stupid and it's not worth doing. It's okay to admit that you're wrong from time to time. Finish the food instead of putting the tiny bit back in the in the in the closet. Just oh, I always do that. You think I? You think I won't gorge myself? I'm talking to, to you, finish? Alex. I'm giving advice to Dallas. Did you read <laughs> your question? All right, all right. Uh, anyway, Ronnie from Hell's Kitchen. Another Dallas question to end us off here uh, from the Discord. What does Dallas deserve for a wedding gift? Ooh. Your mom. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically Alex's mom, to be clear. Yeah, no, Mrs. Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on you. Her name's not Wolf. (laughs) Oh, right. I forgot. He's remarried. Uh, Fuck you. Well, the former Mrs. Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually way better. Yeah. (laughs) We married to Dallas. (laughs) Now married to Dallas. (laughs) Oh, my stepdad's not going to take that well. Um, especially because Dallas has great hair and my stepdad is bald. It's unfortunate. Um, what does Dallas deserve? Yeah, you know, I can't top my mom. So I guess that's it. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to promote before you go? Do we ever? Nope. Sometimes. I don't know. 
Uh, all right. Well, this has been episode blah, blah, blah of Nick's mail.bag. I didn't look it up. And neither did Matt. And I'm not going to give him time to look it up. Thanks for listening. Talk to you all soon. Peace. <laughs>